There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jack and Mary, and we are back for part two of our podcast number 26. Putting on weight, no energy, depressed, it's probably your thyroid. And of course, this is part two. Uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is going to lead to hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism in general, as well as Graves' disease. Graves is too much thyroxin hormone. Hashimoto's is too little thyroxin yes. hormone. And while the body is trying to seek balance, homeostasis all the time, you think, well, why is it going to swing between hyper and hypo and hyper and hypo? Boy, it almost always comes back to either environmental poisoning or malnutrition. And And the standard American diet today does not support thyroid health. That's right. But fear not. There's drugs aplenty out there (laughs) to force your thyroid to work. The thyroid is the largest endocrine gland. It weighs 20 grams. Did you know that it's almost twice as big ounce for ounce in a woman than it is in a man? Cool. That's where all our weight comes from. No, that's not so cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, the thyroid gland ounce for ounce is bigger in a woman than in a man. Because we have to have the babies. Well, that might be directly related to it. And thank goodness nature selected your sex to bear (laughs) our young. Thank you, nature. Yeah. Okay. T, are we going to talk about TSH? Well, we can talk about, yes, but but before TSH, there's TRH coming out of the hypothalamus, thytrophin Mm. uh, releasing hormone that tells the pituitary. You know, it's interesting. There's that whole chain of command because there's higher centers in the brain telling the hypothalamus what to do that tells the thyroid what to do. I mean, the pituitary that tells the pituitary what to do. The pituitary then tells the thyroid what to do and then the thyroid has a direct effect feedback throughout the entire system because it's thyroid hormone that generates the power in its generals up above it to do its job to tell the thyroid what to do that's why women have who a bigger, thought of that women have a bigger thyroid because we're always telling you what to do is that what it is yeah okay well the thyroid thyroid hormone released from the thyroid causes the genetic expression of the hypothalamus to speed up and do the work of the hypothalamus then it sends uh, the thyrotropin, TRH, mm-hmm. to the pituitary that sends TSH to the thyroid to release the very thing that causes that entire chain to happen. Who would have thought of such a thing? <laughs> I mean, it could be kind of confusing at times, but uh, TSH is one of the most common tests that people get when they go get a, you know, their blood test, thyroid-stimulating hormone. Mm-hmm. Now, what causes thyroid-stimulating hormone to go up? Well, you don't have enough thyroxin floating through the system. Constantly monitoring this. Yes, and so one would say, oh, well, I guess you need synthetic thyroid hormone, rather than, well, why Why? isn't the thyroid 
working correctly. Oh, we don't care about that. It's too easy to take this pill and mimic it and fool the brain into thinking that you have thyroid hormone. Now, there are some people who absolutely have to have thyroid hormone. There's no issue about it. They may have had their thyroid removed through cancer, which, of course, you can't completely remove it. Well, I'll tell you. Yes, you can. It's like kind of gum on the bottom of I've a heard, shoe. I've heard that from someone else. You can't completely Can you get the get... gum completely off your shoe? No. I'll tell you a real quick story. I yeah. had a patient that had some problems with her parathyroids that are two on either side of your thyroid. And, of course, the, the brilliant doctors in the world, and apparently she was going to the most brilliant doctors in the world. She was in Boston. She's, I have the best doctors in the world. And she didn't want to listen to me. She wanted anything. And Whoa. their their idea to fix this was to take out a parathyroid. <gasps> mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a 15- Bad organ. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad organ. <laughs> take it out. <laughs> take it out. Don't try to heal it. Don't try to fix it. Just, Just take, take it, it out. out. And so she went in for this 15-minute operation, was in there two and a half hours. And you know, you do a completely different anesthetic for or anesthesia for a 15-minute operation versus a two-and-a-half-hour operation. And so they really scrambled. She had a pulmonary embolism right after surgery. I don't know why, but it was just a horrible thing. They were in there so long. Well, they ended up taking out almost her whole thyroid and didn't tell her. So about six months down the road, she is about dead. I mean, understandably, you know, because they can't ever take out the whole thing like you were just saying. That's yeah. what reminded me of it. And so she went back and got her medical records and read them. And it said her whole thyroid was, almost the whole thyroid was taken out. And they didn't tell her. They didn't even give her thyroid hormone. Well, they figured she'd come back if she was crawling in the cement. <laughs> These are the best <sighs> doctors in the world. There's something wrong. Yeah. So, of course, she has to be on oh, thyroxin my goodness. the rest of her life. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Scary stuff. Well, uh, the body does not work without thyroid hormone. And as we said in part one of this podcast, uh, and I I don't remember where we heard it, but it's a great analogy. Thyroid hormone is like blowing on smoldering coals. So when you have enough thyroid hormone, the fires are burning and the Dutch oven is cooking those pork and beans and everything's fine. T3 is four times more potent than T4. Yes, Four yes. times. That's why you don't have as much circulating through the system. And that's why in the thyroid gland, and let's talk about that for just a second, because this is what nature has done inside the thyroid is so incredible. Obviously, you have to start with iodine mm-hmm. because that's in the thyroid hormone. T1 has one ion of iodine, T2, T3, T4, respectively. T4 has four, T3. The T4 molecule that is thyroxin, Mm -hmm. and when we talk about thyroxin, we're talking about T4, although T3 has been referred to as thyroxin. And the body will use T4 uh, as it does T3 because there's so much more of it, but T3 is used so much more quickly and so much more intensely that that's the preferred route is for T4 to be converted into T3, a a deiodinase. It's a an enzyme that takes an iodine off of T4 to revert it to three, to convert it to T3. Well, T3 is a more active form. It's elect, it's more electro uh, active in the sense that the outer shell of this molecule has a greater reactivity than the outer shell of a T4. And so the body can quickly utilize it, bring it into the cell. 
And then what thyroxin does once it gets inside the cells, it activates genetic expression of what that cell is supposed to do. In other words, a liver cell will work more efficiently, more quickly. A heart cell will beat stronger. The brain cells will communicate faster. A gut cell will detoxify faster. And growth cells, because even though we've reached adult height, our cells are still growing, replicating, multiplying um, at a certain rate as apoptosis comes in, kill you know the cell program to die, the daughter cell takes over. All of those conversions, all that energy is regulated by the presence of thyroid hormone, especially T3. And because it's so much more active, so much more powerful than T4, you don't need as much. So the majority of thyroid hormone floating through the body up to 93, 94%, depending on who you read, is just the T4 hormone. And as the body needs it, this deiodinase comes out, cleaves off that one little hormone or that one little iodine on T4, converts it to T3, and it's used up. Burns out fast. It burns out fast. We only make about 35 micrograms per day of T3. You know how much a microgram is? Teeny. That's a, that's a thousandth mm-hmm. of a gram. There's 454 grams in a pound. And we're wow. talking about a thousandth of a 13th thousandth of one of those grams. Yeah, 0.13 grams of thyroid. We only make 0.13 grams of thyroid hormone each year. That's about a half a teaspoon. A half a teaspoon in an entire year. And the cool thing about it is the thyroid gland has the ability to recycle iodine. Yeah. Which is why if you have... Uh, a good healthy thyroid and good healthy thiodine intake, you can go months cutting off all of that and not exhibit symptoms of hypothyroidism because your body is constantly recycling the iodine. Yeah, Dr. Roy Lee explained this. That's why we named our enzyme after him. Dr. Roy Lee, long life energy enzyme. So T1 and T2 are the, the thyroid gland has plenty of T1 and T2. They never leave the thyroid. They never leave the thyroid. There's a thyroglobulin molecule that will leave the thyroid, get into the bloodstream, and as it gets into the bloodstream, it will release T3 and T4 into the system. But what, you're, what the thyroid gland is doing is taking T1 and adding it to T1 and making T2, or T2 adding T1, and there's these enzymes that trigger this to happen, making T3. Then you add another one, T4, and then you get a very stable amount of the hormone. But when the as the body needs this, as the hypothalamus is saying, boy, there's just not enough fight. There's not a kick, not a get get kick, uh, get up and go. We need to kick it a little bit. It'll trigger the thyroid to release this hormone, the thyroglobulin. You said the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus will trigger the Excuse me, pituitary. you're correct. And then the pituitary, the pituitary. will kick the thyroid, mm-hmm. and the thyroid will release this thyroglobulin molecule into the bloodstream, and out of that thyroglobulin molecule, which is a giant molecule, T3 and T4 are released into the bloodstream. And again, the hypothalamus, oh, good, it worked. I don't have to release any more <laughs> TSH. And that again comes back to what you said in, in uh, part one of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you go get a blood test in... One moment in time. Yeah. You know, so unless, unless you're checking T3, T4, uh, especially a woman through her cycle, and even postmenopausal, they still have their cycles. It's just not as mm-hmm. dramatic. The, the menses have ceased. But you still get estrogen progesterone changes, which have a direct feedback effect on the thyroid, mm-hmm. just as much as the thyroid will affect the ovary in its production of estrogen and progesterone uh, the estrogen and progesterone levels will affect thyroid, which then has a direct um, 
uh, loop. positive loop feedback system on the hypothalamus. So we have this incredible orchestration going on inside the body trying to maintain homeostasis through autoregulation. Taking, here's a little too much, we'll cut that down, here's not enough, we'll build that back up. And it's all dependent upon our dietary intake. As long as we are getting what these vital micronutrients provide for our organs, boy, our organs work just fine. So anyway, the thyroid, you know, and it's, 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 it's so cool about the thyroid because I said there a moment ago, it's got several months of thyroid hormones stored up. That's why you can go for some time in conditions. And I think this is this because of our ancestral development where there were periods of starvation or, or periods uh, in the seasonal changes where food may not have been available. You've got to have thyroid hormone. You know, you, you could have decreased levels of estrogen or decreased levels of testosterone. You can have decreased levels of, of a certain gastric secretions here and there, and you'll survive. But if the thyroid hormone gets low, then there's going to be problems, and survivability is directly threatened because of that. So that's why the thyroid will re- recycle thyroid hormone. But where did all civilizations grow up on? On the ocean. On the ocean. On the sea, we might have gotten sick of fish, but we would never we were, starve. We were not hypothyroid. So we always had enough iodine in our diets. Usually, we did not become hypothyroid till we moved inland. Yeah, that's Just an important thing to remember. And FYI. then, if you moved inland into the thyroid goiter, goiter belt, belt, double whammy. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit later in this one, and as well as probably the third one. But the, you know, the the, um, the liver makes these transport proteins to get the thyroxin into the cells. And those proteins are made in the liver, which is another reason why a healthy liver is so vital to proper thyroid effect inside the body. Yeah, I might throw in a liver cleanse in our handouts too. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. But before you do a liver cleanse, just like you got to get the gut healthy. (laughs) Because you don't want those toxins being punched out of there to go back into a leaky gut and just be redistributed everywhere. See, that's why podcast number, we ought to release podcast number four about every, once a month. Yeah, you know. As I, a bonus. I, it was just an introduction to GAPS. We should do it again. Yes, and I think we should. I definitely think we should. So anyway, the liver is doing these things and these transport proteins, these semi-trucks running through the bloodstream carrying thyroxin on its back, bind so tightly to T4 and T3 that they are released slowly. And there are other enzymes that are released that cause the release of T4 and T3 on a prescribed schedule that follows our circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. When we're sleeping, we don't need as much. We still need it, but we don't need as much. But during the day, those transport uh, proteins increase coming out of the liver to get the thyroxin moving through the system and into the cells. And if any time you were to measure the amount of T4, T3 coming out of the thyroid into the bloodstream, six days later, and this is one of the really incredible things about this, is that six days later, most of the T4 is present uh, in those transport uh, proteins, excuse me, but T3 is, half of the T3 is used up in half of the day. Most of the T3 is used up in half of one day. That's how active T3 is. T4 can be still be there almost a week later, waiting for the signal, waiting for the call, waiting for the, for the uh, enzyme to show up and convert it into a T3. What's it like? being 94% of a hormone in the body that your body doesn't really need. Yeah. Were you ever at a party where, you know, you kind of stood around like, 
waiting for the conversion to take place to make you an active part of the party. <laughs> That's what T4 is doing, floating through the bloodstream. Nobody wants me. Nobody <laughs> needs me. No, he's smoldering. It's a, It's got that look, you know, from um, Tangled, where he's got the smoldering look. There you go. It's just sitting there smoldering, and then somebody comes up. And it's waiting for the tap of the magic wand, That's which is right. this beautiful little enzyme. <laughs> With blonde hair. This blonde hair. <laughs> cute little thing. Yeah. That says... All right, it's your turn. Come on over. <laughs> and it becomes T3 and whoosh, right into the cell and whoosh, gets that fire burning. Good analogy for that. Well, I, I don't know. That was kind of that was kind yeah. of it. But remember, the main function of thyroid hormones is to activate large numbers of genes. Remember, the DNA makes up the genes. The genes make up the chromosomes. The, the, the genome of the human body, apparently it's all done now. I'm not so sure about that. Thousands and tens of thousands of genes identified. Genes that do this, genes that do that. Genes that stop this, genes that stop that. Um, the most important effect upon those genes is environmental factors such as nutritional status. But the thing that makes a gene go from a slow little turtle pace into a rabbit run is the presence of thyroxin, which is the main job of the thyroid hormone, is to get the genes that control the functions of the body moving on down the road instead hey, of just sitting around job. at the rest stop. Get your job done, get a job now. And so a considerable amount of energy and heat's produced by you know the cells in the body, and that's generated by the production of these proteins that do that very thing. And the effect of the thyroid hormone on these proteins is like we said in the very first a part of this podcast is like blowing on a little smoldering fire and, and to get it going, to get it back into a blaze. And that's one of the reasons why sufficient levels of thyroid hormone will contribute to your body's ability to maintain internal temperatures, regardless of what's going on outside. So you step out into the cold, you get a blast of T3 into the system to turn up the internal heat to keep the body warm. You know, I knew I was healed when I stepped out to get gas at a gas station and snowflakes were flying all around me and I was in my little scrubs, their little thin cotton scrubs, no coat, and I just stood there and went and filled my car with gas and I was just fine. And It hit you. It could have never happened a few years earlier. Yes, right. I would have been shaking to my very core. We know, and it would have taken me a long time to warm up. We know some people who are so hypothyroid that when they get home, they have to get into a hot bath. Yeah. Just getting home from work, they got to get in a hot bath to warm back up to take care of the rest of the and day's old responsibilities. People can't keep their core temperature up. That's a real problem. They have to just constantly have, you know, the, the drafts. They have to have the blankets on them. They always have coats everywhere they go. Right. Yeah, because they can't regulate it themselves. They have to be in this perfect environment all the time instead of living in the world. Well, I've got a little adapting. list here of the effects of thyroid hormone. It's a very short list. You kind of went over this in part one, but I want to do it again yeah. because they may not have listened to uh, part one just this before this one. Guyton's this is Guyton's Physiology. This is 10th edition of Guyton's Physiology. Yeah. I mean, this is the Bible of human physiology. And they say it stimulates almost all aspects of carbohydrate metabolism. In other words... The conversion of carbohydrates into glucose in the cells in the mitochondria to produce ATP, which is the gasoline of the body, is thyroxin dependent. Yeah. And the same thing with fat metabolism. To get to release the LDL, to release the triglycerides throughout the body. Triglycerides are a glycerin molecule with three fatty acids on them. Those things are too big to get into the cell. So what thyroxin does is it mobilizes those things into the bloodstream and it mobilizes a hormone sitting there on the edge of the cell that breaks up the glycerin and the three fatty acids, 
glycerin, you're going to have to wait because we're pulling those fatty acids into the cell because they are used for energy as well. Is this kind of like Santa Claus coming down the chimney where he gets really teeny? Yeah. And then he gets big as he comes back out? That conversion goes through the cell wall. Again, <laughs> I got it. thyroxin dependent. And it decreases uh, when the cholesterol gets too high, when phospholipids get too high, triglycerides get too high in the blood. Uh, thyroxin will decrease that and get them into the cells. And by and conversely, when we don't have enough thyroid hormone, you're going to see the cholesterol, the phospholipids, the triglycerides increase. And so not only does thyroxin get enzymes to work faster, it makes it, it, it stimulates the production of enzymes. And as we talked about in our, I think it was 24, isn't it? Um, yes, the lifelong energy enzymes that we have now. Uh, we go into great detail there as to what an enzyme is, how it acts on the body, and that almost anything that happens, there's an enzyme making it happen. Almost anything that stops happening, there's an enzyme that, that stops that enzymatic stimulated action in the first place. And so thyroxin has a direct effect on that. And, uh, you know, when, when you consider all these things, you can begin to see why the body's energy levels are so dependent upon adequate levels of thyroxin. And then there's several other things, you know, the, it regulates the, uh, the heat levels in the body, uh, decreased or increased body weight is directly related to it. Yeah, uh, it's a biggie. You know, gastrointestinal motility, you know, th there are people who are just constipated their whole life and it may not just be a dietary problem. It may be a hypothyroid problem because yeah. the peristalsis isn't taking place correctly. And there's excited, excitatory effects in the central nervous system, um, too much. Uh, or too much thyroid can lead to anxiety and worry and paranoia, just as too little can lead to depression. And it just makes muscles react with some real vigor, as the, as the uh, description goes. Also, increased respiration. I think you skipped over that. Yes. When you need to breathe faster. All these COPD patients. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Mm -hmm. Maybe, perhaps. But too much of it can cause muscles to twitch. And so I hear this uh, quite a bit in a few patients from time to time. Uh, we did a uh, podcast on um, restless legs. I think it was number 21. Uh, restless legs may not just be a calcium, magnesium type of problem. It could be too much uh, thyroid hormone. But then there's other symptoms that go along with that. That would, you know, the, the, the thinning of the hair and, yeah. and the loss of hair and other things like that. But uh, but with sleep, it, too, much hor too much thyroid hormone will definitely affect the sleep. It can cause this constant tiredness because of the inability to sleep. And then um, it stimulates the other endocrine glands to overproduction. Uh, it actually almost becomes a hormone disruptor itself wow. uh, because of too much of it. And because, well, just think, you know, you're sitting there blowing on this little smoldering fire. Well, what if you turn it into a blast furnace? Yeah. What if you're blowing it on? So what if you have so much thyroxin in the system that the cells are just burning themselves up, mm. you know, and you just, the, the excitatory levels of uh, the nervous system and the synaptic responses and other things that take place, it just, uh, it just can't slow down and rest. Yeah. And the, the um, protrusion of the eyeballs, uh, exophthalmos that you notice that some people, it just looks like their eyeballs are about to pop oh, yeah. out of the head. It's because the hypersaturation of tissue in the retina and the optic nerve that's behind the eyeball that can actually lead to severe eye damage. Yeah, we have, we have 
seen some patients like that. So you have a high state of excitability and you can't go out in the heat and there's increased sweating this when nobody hyper, else. Hyper. Oh, excuse me. This well, is that, hyper. No, that's what I'm talking about. Too much, high, right. too much thyroid hormone. Just some reminding them. Okay, thank you. Uh, increased sweating and there's mild to extreme weight loss. Sometimes you can lose as much as 100 pounds over a short period of time without even trying to lose weight. Yeah. Uh, when I've had a patient tell me that, you know, my first thought is the C word. Something's yes, going on. I, so- we, uh, we, I've taken care of a patient of our clinic that was hyperthyroid. He almost died. He said, I would take hypo any day, even if it incurred, you know, weight gain. I mean, tremendous weight gain. It was, it, he says, you feel like you're dying. You, he says, I have no way to describe it, but I would not wish it on anybody. This is a guy that brought it on himself. He started taking a little bit of steroid um, testosterone. And of course, if a little bit's good, a whole lot's better. So he took tons and tons of this hormone. And you know, his muscles were getting big. His chest was getting defined. He was so thrilled. He wasn't going to stop. And bam, blew out his endocrine system, blew out. It got, went massively hyperthyroid, almost died, came in. We did a very specific protocol with him. It was like two weeks on this, two weeks off this, yes. two weeks on this, because he was in, you know, death's door type thing. So they and what wanted, happened to him? Oh, he's perfectly fine now. Yeah. He, they wanted to take out his thyroid. Yeah, well, that's the standard medical approach. Yeah. If the thyroid isn't working correctly, get rid of it. We'll give you drugs. Yeah, especially with hyper. So be careful of that. So you can have varying degrees of diarrhea. We've had many, many patients, a lot of Crohn's patients. I think are also hyperthyroidism patients. They're very skinny. I've noticed a lot of Crohn's patients. Go ahead. And then there's nervousness and other psychic disorders, extreme fatigue, the inability to, you know, they're, they're tired all the time because they're burning up all of their fuel. They're hungry all the time, but they lie down to get some rest because they're burning up all this energy and they can't sleep. Yeah, inability Be- to sleep. Because but the sleep fatigue. centers, the sleep yeah. centers in the brain are kept active because remember, what thyroid hormone is doing is keeping every cell at an, uh, an operative level of performance. And if you get too much of the thyroid hormone, it goes into a hyper performance. And there are parts of the body that are designed to slow it down. And the sleep centers that are in kind of the posterior inferior area back in the back of the brain on the bottom near the fourth ventricle is where the sleep centers are. And if they're overstimulated, you're not going to go to sleep. Then you're going to end up on one of these sleep drugs that we have talked about on the radio show in the past that just, I think it's it's Ambien. There's research that shows with Ambien. Oh, if you yeah. just use eight, eight Ambien a, a day or no, a year, year? A, yeah, a day, <laughs> eight Ambien in a year, your chances of of dying, of dying, all cause mortality is raised by three hundred percent. If you use it every day of a year, yeah. it's raised by 800. eight. Your chances of dying of anything, anything goes up cause. to eight hundred percent. Yeah. All right, and then. Um, a tremor of the hands. A tremor of the hands is not associated with Parkinson's. Right. Because I have some patients with a little bit of a tremor, and I've talked to them about using uh, a couple of supplements that we're going to mention in part three, dealing with calming down a thyroid or speeding up a thyroid, depending on which one you find yourself in. And then let's talk about the uh, hypothyroidism for a second, and then we'll finish. What did I say, hyper? I don't know, but it... Looks, hypo. Let's talk about hypo for a second. And then we'll which finish, most people have. We'll finish part two here and then move into part three. Yeah, I want but to... But hypo is what nine out of ten women in this country have. Yeah. And I suppose men as well. But uh, autoimmunity and um, the thing that's associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, 
uh, which which is the body's attack on the thyroid. And obviously, you start attacking and destroying the thyroid, it's not going to make as much thyroid hormone, yeah. and you're going to go into hypothyroidism. Yep. And it just starts with inflammation of the thyroid. They'll, they can call it thyroiditis, but if they don't see the antibody in the bloodstream attacking the thyroid, then they just leave it as an inflammation of the thyroid, probably because the threshold level of detecting the autobody the autoantibody in the bloodstream hasn't been reached yet. So they say, well, it's not Hashimoto's. So it's, it's just itis. It's an itis. An infection. And uh, with hypothyroidism, it can easily lead to an enlarged gland, which we call a goiter. Uh, there's fatigue. There's ex- the, the, the extreme somnolence. You can't wake up. You could be sleeping 12, 14 hours a day. There's extreme muscular sluggishness. You just don't want to get off the couch. There's a slowed heart rate, so you can't walk very fast at all. And there's decreased decreased cardiac output. The the heart is not pumping as strongly as it should. Why? Because the genetic expression of the heart muscles has been slowed down because there's nobody blowing on the fire of heart muscle contraction because the thyroid levels are too low. You make this so easy. Yeah, and then and then of course the, then the thing that naturally follows that is decreased bo- blood volume. But increased body weight. Why is there increased body weight? Because we're not burning up the sugars in the system because glycolysis is thyroid or thyroxin dependent. And when there's not enough thyroxin present, the body doesn't burn up the glucose. And what is, go- what is insulin going to do with that glucose that's not getting burned up? Turn it into fat. Yep. And that's the storage, the storage aspect of energy in the body. And then constipation will follow because peristalsis slows down. There's a mental sluggishness that some people will just, oh, I just had a senior moment. Oh, I just don't, you know, I just, I just can't put it together. Well, that can also move into cretinism too. Well. And kids. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, there's. That's what Dr. Guy Abraham said down at. In UCLA, he's the head of endocrinology down there, and he said, we have a, a country of Cretans now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We he, do. He was and so it's not, angry. You think, about, you think about what a Cretan, and you look at a, a baby that's got obvious failure to thrive. You look at a, a young child, a small skull, uh, because, the, because the bones, here, the, here's the crazy thing about this. This is why girls have a faster growth spurt in puberty than a boy does, but why their growth stops sooner than a boy, because there's something called the epiphysis in a bone. Like, let's just talk about the thigh bone here, the femur. The epiphysis is on each end, and the epiphysis is the very end surface of the bone, which is where growth occurs. The bones don't grow all over the bone. The bones grow at the ends, and they grow outward from that point. But even in utero, even in our development. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's why it's that's called cool. the growth plate. The epiphysis oh, yeah, yeah. is the growth plate. Oh. You damage the growth plate, the epiphysal trouble. stimulus of bone growth is going to be decreased or stopped. Mm. So what happens in a girl when development begins and she has a lot of estrogen flowing out, estrogen will stimulate along with thyroxin, increase bone growth rapidly, but also the sealing of the growth plates. Oh. So a girl can expect about three and a half years of growth after her period starts. Well, I remember being taller than all the guys when I was 12 years old. Ex- that's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I'm only 5'5"-ish. Five, five You're the shortest in the family. Yeah. So, But then it stopped. And then all I, of a sudden it I stops. Yeah. Whereas boys who have far less estrogen, thyroxin is continuing the growth of the epiphyseal plates, or the growth plates, and they continue to grow taller and taller so and taller. So they need a good thyroid. 
exactly. Ooh. If a boy is not growing to the rapid rate mom thinks he should, I would look for thyroxin levels. You know, we've given our son Rourke thyroid since, I mean. Look at him. He's six three, six four. Well, he's two inches taller than me, and I'm right around 6'2". So yeah. he's a, he's 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 knocking on six four. Yeah, and he's only fifteen. He's got another growth spurt coming. Right, and so along with a lot of the other growth functions that occur inside the body, muscle, bone, skin, hair, all of these things, they're decreased because of not enough uh, hi, uh, thyroid. And, and here's the good one. This is this you can't miss this one. Yeah, the development of a frog-like musky voice. Yeah. Because, you know, you can always tell. You know, you yeah, can you, tell. And you think they're smokers. And, you you know, how long you've been smoking? Well, I don't, I don't smoke. Yeah, well, you know, older people, you can, how can, I've always wondered, how can you tell a voice is older? You know? And I had a lady that lived by me in Las Vegas, and she always had such a husky, rusky, I mean, she sounded like she had a cold all the time. And, you know, she was way, way, way overweight and a lot of emotional problems. You know, just your there classic, you go. Your hypo, classic hypothyroid symptoms. Yeah. Right there in front of you, right yeah. right in your own family, let alone know. your neighbor. Well that yeah, that was my neighbor. Yeah. And then, you know, the um the uh development of what's called edema appearances throughout the body. It's called mixed edema. The jowls, the double gin, the puff wait gin. Wait. <laughs> double chin. Excuse me, a double chin. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and puffy face, and it's called mixedema. And it, there's just this puffiness to the body, not just in the, excuse me, in the face, but throughout like the rest of the body. Jabba the hut, would you call that? Okay, now there's one thing. There's a different thing between being overweight or being obese and myxedema type of, of of symptoms, where there's this almost pillowy, puffy type of thing. You know, when you're overweight, you've got too much all over the place. Yeah, there's, but I've seen people that look like they're about ready to pop. Is that what you're talking about? Um. You know, like a padded cushion that's uh-huh. on that's on a furniture or something like this, uh, where there's a little bumps and mm-hmm. the, it's like that. Now, I don't mean they get little bumps on them. I mean it's like if they're if they're myxedemic and they have and that's in the cheek. Mm-hmm. It's not a, just a big old round type of cheek that would be if you're you know too fat or too overweight. There's this up and down hmm. surface to it. It, puffy here, not so much there. Puffy here, not so much. Not, Guidance didn't have a picture? Yeah, Guidance does have a oh, picture. Oh, then I can maybe put I it can on show the handout. You. Oh, yeah. You can show what myxedema looks like. Yeah. And when I, you know, as I was putting my notes together and I saw that picture, I thought, oh, my gosh, there's there's a dozen of my patients right there. Wow. With that, with that kind of an appearance. And then, so, da-da-da-da, the oh, worst. The sexual function. No, no, you miss cretinism. Oh, well, you mentioned it earlier, oh. so I kind of I skipped over that. But it's just extreme hypothyroidism in fetal life. I mean, this is when you're still in utero, in mama, or in infancy, or in childhood. And, and you know, a baby can be born normal-looking or be normal because of thyroid hormone th- that they got from mama's body. But in a few weeks after birth, the body's movements, the baby's movements will become sluggish, and both physical and mental growth begins to be greatly retarded. And if it's not addressed within a few weeks after birth, mental growth, the actual further development of the brain can be retarded to a certain degree. And it's permanent. Yeah, that's not going to change. That's not going to change. And this could be some congenital lack or malformation of the thyroid because mom didn't have enough levels of iodine during gestation. Because the iodine isn't just for her. The baby needs iodine during gestation, which is why we have iodine in our prenatal formula that we we offer to our patients. Yes, we do. And then, of course, there's the effect on sexual function. 
Lack of hormone, lack of thyroxine is going to cause the loss of libido. Why? Again, because it causes the loss of function in all the other parts of the body. The sex hormones that are uh, the result of genetic expression of the ovaries and the testes just don't produce the sex hormone to the degree it needs to because there's not enough kick that the thyroxine provides. The genes aren't being stimulated. And then, an ex- and then interestingly enough, an excess of thyroxine can immediately lead to erectile dysfunction. Oh, so an excess can cause ED. Yeah, an excess, excess of thyroid hormone, hormone can cause ED. Why? That's hyper. Because it's causing a burnout again, not just of, of, of uh, hormones that are involved with sexual arousal. It's the equipment itself. The nerve function through the pudendal nerve that comes out of the bottom part of the spine into the pelvic area, both male and female, pudendal nerve stimulation. The uh, autoregulation that's involved with the, uh, the erectile function, both female erection and male erection, is stimulated by the presence of thyroxine. And when there's, low, when there's too much of it, uh, those, the, the synaptic aspects, the hormonal regulation simply burn out. Hmm. And it can lead to ED. And then in women, uh, you well, can, a lack of it. Lack of hormone. Can cause excessive menstrual bleeding. So kind of in review here before we move into to part three and how we fix all these problems is the, remember, the hypothalamus is producing what's known as TRH, thyrotrophin-releasing hormone that stimulates the pituitary to release thyroid-stimulating hormone and the most stimulating factor in releasing thyroid releasing hormone is stepping into the cold. Oh. Stepping into cold air. So the number one stimulating factor is cold. Stepping out in the cold releases the thyrotrophin releasing hormone and the thyrotrophin, the, the thyroglobulin molecule, is what comes out of the thyroid and releases T3 and T4 into the bloodstream. So anytime you get a cold blast come over you to keep the engine burning, big release of thyroid hormone. From your hypothalamus, which then stimulates the pituitary to release the thyroid-stimulating hormone, which stimulates the thyroid. To release thyroxine. It's a little dance. Yeah, it is a little dance. Okay, well, you went on and on and on and on. I'm sorry, I I got on a roll. (laughs) I did not have time to go over autoimmunity, so we will do it in the next podcast. As well as how to heal a thyroid. Yep, coming right up. All right, we'll see you there in a few moments. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.